Journey to Organization, episode 95. You're listening to the Journey to Organization podcast with Rebecca Saltzman, advice to help you clear your clutter and your mind. Hello and welcome to Journey to Organization. I'm Rebecca Saltzman from Balagambigan Personal Organization. And today, I want to just tell you a few things that have happened to me over the last few weeks. And they don't necessarily have a theme. (laughs) I try to do themes, but um, it's all sort of related. But anyway, today I just wanted to impart some information to you. And I hope that it's helpful to you as you're moving on uh, in your organizational journey. So you may or may not know that I've been working on this 45-day decluttering challenge before Pesach to help you get ready for Pesach. And... If you want to join, you still can. Just head to RebeccaSaltzman.com forward slash Pesach 45. There is a hotline option uh, and you can leave me a voicemail if you want to do it and you don't have internet and I will call you back and you can register over the phone. But anyway, that's not really what I wanted to talk about so much as some of the issues that came up as I was promoting the class. So as I was promoting, or rather the challenge, as I was promoting the challenge... A bunch of people said to me, oh my gosh, it isn't even Purim yet. How can you start thinking about Pesach? And the thing is, is that I'm a massive procrastinator. For some reason, I work a lot better when I'm working under stress. So it's hard for me to see it's it's hard for me to force myself I have to really really force myself to get things done early and you know often kind of thing so that I am ready in advance and I'm not waiting till the last minute it's really hard for me it's always been really hard for me it's not it's I think procrastination is not necessarily um the reason why you know I don't think procrastination is necessarily associated with laziness so much as lack of desire to do something, number one. And number two, I think that it's not only lack of desire, but sometimes it's lack of understanding on how to get the job done. So for me, at least, things that I put off are things that also, this is another reason, are things that I also don't enjoy doing. (laughs) And... So for me, when I was designing this challenge, originally I designed it as a post-Pesach challenge, so related to Svira to Omer and all the different Kabbalic uh, ideas behind the different weeks of Svira to Omer, and I thought like, okay, that would be so cool, but then when I, and I had like planned it out according to all the different ideas and like uh, parts of the, the mazalot. And I, I realized it's so silly to have a challenge after Pesach, right? Because, uh, okay. So first of all, you can't even do anything in the kitchen really until after Pesach, because your kitchen is already in this like crazy, crazy state and you can't really, and I wouldn't want people to do anywhere else in their home in case they accidentally discovered Hamid's. Like, I feel like if you don't know about it, okay, fine. Like, you did the best you could with that, like, on a reasonable doubt. But, like, if you find it, like, okay, you feel terrible. And I wouldn't want that to happen to people. So, 
I thought doing it before Pesach makes a lot more sense. And I also thought about like, well, okay, how can I be promoting something that's for Pesach before Purim even? But the reason why I did it was because I know that when you wait till the last minute to do something, it's a lot more effort and stress on your body. I know because I do that to myself all the time. So, um, I, I've told you in the past, I'm totally not perfect. I definitely have overcome a lot of issues that I've had with organization in my life. I think that I am naturally a sort of organized person in terms of like, I understand the timeline and how to get things done. But because I'm a procrastinator, I don't always do them when I'm supposed to. So it's like, even sometimes if I schedule things on my calendar, I'll look at it and be like, yeah, I don't want to do that right now. And I have to really force myself to overcome that desire. And it's really, really hard to just say, you have to sit down and do X, Y, and Z. So when I was planning this, I was like, well, how am I going to make it easier for people to, to get ready for Pesach? Like, kind of felt like maybe it's not authentic. And I thought about it and I'm like, okay, why is it so easy for you to get ready for Pesach? Like, why do you not feel stressed out before Pesach? Why do you take a nap of Pesach before the Seder? Why do you, you know, feel okay? And then I realized the reason why Pesach is so enjoyable for me at this point is because I have less to clean <laughs> because there's less to tidy before I actually do the actual cleaning because I just have less stuff and because I have simplified and I don't force myself to do anything excessive. And those are the two reasons why I think I can enjoy things is because I'm just happy with the basic. And I am definitely aware of, you know, mitzvot containing to beautification of holidays. And I'm not saying that I don't do things in a beautiful fashion, but there's, I think, complexity and simplicity don't necessarily negate beauty or, or there's this idea that if something is complex, it's more beautiful, but I don't necessarily buy into that. I think that things can be simple and still be beautiful. Like I know that there are people who do these elaborate, elaborate Seder tables and I get that and I can appreciate it, especially because my background is a designer. Like from a design perspective, I could totally, totally appreciate doing that. But just because my table is more simple doesn't mean that it isn't beautiful. And so I think when it comes for me anyways, to the desire to, um, arrive at my destination, you know, at point, you know, B from point A to arrive at that place, I want to feel relaxed when I get there. I don't want to feel worked up and stressed out and upset and tired. So when I get to the Seder, I want to feel relaxed. I want to feel calm. I want to feel clear headed and I don't want to feel sleepy <laughs> and or overburdened or stressed out. And so sometimes I definitely take, I mean, you could call it the cheater's method, but I don't think it's cheating. I think it's just living more simply. So for example, 
when I am dealing with uh, the kitchen, let's say, for the so we sell our chametz. If you don't sell your chametz, I think it's a different ball game, but we do, and I don't worry about cleaning out all my cabinets. I just clean the ones that I need to use because I can hit the cabinets that I don't need during Pesach after Pesach, or I can even do them right now and they'll still, you know, be clean, maybe not clean enough for Pesach to use. But like, I think for me, the differentiation between the spring cleaning and the Pesach cleaning, and I know I've talked about this here before, but I want to make it clear because I think it's such an important topic. I think that there is a differentiation between spring cleaning and Pesach cleaning. For Pesach, I definitely think you should only clean what you absolutely have to clean. I think I said this before. My mother always uh, cleaned the chandelier, (laughs) which, I mean, I don't know if anybody eats in the chandelier in your house, but certainly growing up, nobody ate on the chandelier. Uh, (laughs) If you even got too close to it, my mother would get be like, careful of the chandelier. So like, you know, does it enhance the beauty of the setter to look at a clean light fixture over your table? A hundred percent. Is it necessary? No. If you don't have time, you can skip it. To me, it's one of those things that it's like a bonus. But I feel like if the, if you start the process early enough and if you um, pace yourself enough, and this is true with anything, I'm just using Pesach here as an example, but if you give yourself enough time, you can get to those bonus spaces like the chandelier, or if you're lucky enough to have help, then you can get to those places like the chandelier because because you've paced yourself. And I think that this is part of why the idea of this challenge really appealed to me, of creating this challenge really appealed to me, is because I love the idea of pacing myself, doing a little bit every single day. So I think I've told you this before, but I practice my Hebrew almost every day. I definitely miss some days, but just even on a day when I don't have a lot of time, some days I do like 15 or 20 minutes, but some days I just do five and that's okay (laughs) because for me, it's about the additional progress of practicing every day. And that's why I love the idea of a challenge because it's the little idea of challenging yourself a little bit every day. I am a big believer in progress, not perfection, okay? For me, it's just important that you get over the finish line. If you didn't do it as fast as everybody else, that's okay. If everybody else took three hours to do it and you took ten, gamze beseder. This is also okay. Like, it's okay if you take longer than other people. It's okay if you do less. And I feel like a lot of the time when I see clients, they're like, I just can't do anymore. And everybody else seems to have it so much more under control or blah, 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 blah. Everybody's comparing themselves to somebody else. And I'm like, just keep your eyes on your own paper. Stay in your on your own page in your own book. You don't need to look at somebody else's paper in another book. It's not relevant to you. And it kind of makes me upset because I feel like when you start to compare yourself to other people, you're only setting yourself down for, you know, sending yourself down a road of heartache, (laughs) 
discomfort. <laughs> I don't know what the best word here is, but you're not setting yourself up for success. If you keep your eyes on your own paper, focus on what you're doing, make your own benchmarks and your own goals, it's going to be a lot easier for you to get where you need to go, okay? We all need to get to the same place. That's true. We all need to get to the setter on time. Okay, we all need to have the perm suit on time, but there's a difference between getting, doing these things, feeling like terrible about yourself versus, you know, feeling relaxed and enjoyed to have done it in the first place. And actually, a really good example of this is Mishloch Manot. So with Mishloch Manot, you know, the packages that we send to people on Purim, people always try to outdo their, themselves or other people. They're really trying to outdo other people. Um, sometimes they're trying to outdo themselves, but mostly I find it's other people <laughs> they're trying to compete with. I, uh, so I remember as a kid, my mom would set up like a lot of baskets and we would give to everybody. And even as an adult, I remember coming home. Uh, I mean, this is like when my kids were small, I remember coming home from school, like my husband would go first. I would, we would, I would go second or we would get a babysitter cause we don't, didn't want to bring the kids to school. Um, when they were very little, but we didn't want to necessarily take turns, or if we did take turns, I don't know, every year was different. Most years, I think we took turns going to hear the Megillah, but um, when I remember, I would, my husband would always go first, and I would go second, because he, I would usually put the kids to bed, and then he would come home, and my husband's a great baker, and he loves to bake, so he would come home, and he would bake, and um, we have a huge, huge Purim Suda, and we've had this for many years. I think most of the years that we've been married, we've had a big Purim Suda. And I remember that we, I would give a lot of Mishlochei Manot, and I remember coming home from Shul, and then baking my challahs, because I always put in, I've always done this, I put in a challah and a bottle of wine, and we put in some hamantashen, and that's it. And like, it's enough, and that's what we do. And But I used to always add like a little bit more, like some fruits, or maybe some candies, or whatever. And I remember just trying to make the bags fabulous. And I had like 20 or 30 bags that we used to give out. And I remember doing all the baking, and all the bags, and like, and then I was having like 60 people in my house the next day for a big Suda. I was exhausted and I didn't enjoy it as much as I should have. And I think sometimes, and it's okay if you want to do a theme on your Mishloche Manot, that's great. And I'm happy. And if that's your thing, then you know, congratulations. That's fabulous. And if you can do that, that's great. For those of you who cannot, do not compare yourselves to the people who can? We all have different talents. We all have different strengths. If that's not your strength, it's okay to do it simply. It is. It's okay to do the mitzvah of mishloch manot simply. It's okay to say, I'm, I'm not going to make a big deal out of this. I'm going to do what I need to do. And I'm going to focus on the other parts of Purim that I enjoy more or that I'm better at. And the other thing about Mishloch Manot, I'll just venture here on a side note, is that I find them to be kind of wasteful. The mitzvah is to give one, two, 
one person, two brachot. That's it. Two blessings, two different foods, basically, with two different blessings. And you can do more than that. That's fine. But I feel like why not focus on the people who don't have food instead of giving to our friends who really have enough with lots of candy that nobody eats. I mean, I remember my husband used to take bags of candy to the office every <laughs> every year after Purim. And like, why? Why focus on it? Why be wasteful? So at least if you're going to give a lot of mishloch manot, then be, you know, responsible about it and give great things that people can actually use and eat and enjoy at their 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 festive meal. But I think sometimes it gets a little bit out of hand with the candy and and the wrappings and the bows and the ribbons, and it's a lot. <laughs> and most people don't need so many. So also I think it's a good idea to see if you can scale back a little bit and perhaps donate a little bit extra to charity instead. That's also a Purim mitzvah. So um, just a little side note, it bothers me to see so much waste and wrapping and stuff in the Mishloch Manot, and I think that's where it might come from. But also... It bothers me that, like, my kids are plied with candy and we don't really need to do that. I have a pretty strict rule, actually. Anybody who is eating at my Suda, which is a lot of people, <laughs> I don't give Mishloch Manotu. I actually have um, three neighbors who are not religious and I give them each a basket at each actually we have four neighbors and we give them each a basket me and my husband give one and then the kids like together and then the kids each have one that they give and I feel like that's enough <laughs> they're my immediate people and they don't come to my suda so I feel like and and they might not get from anybody else so I feel like that's what I, I needed to do and even with four I feel like that's too many so I just wanted to be like to circle back and say like it's okay to do it simply. And now I really only give a challah and a bottle of wine. That's it. That's all I give. <laughs> I put it in a reusable bag and I tie it with a bow. And it's nice and they're always appreciative. And the challah is delicious. And like, it's just a nice thing to do for somebody else. And I think that is the beauty of this mitzvah. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be too much. And I think that we sometimes lose sight of those things. It's great if you have the time and the patience and the desire and the will to do that. Again, I'm not disparaging you if that's what you do. If you do that, congratulations. It's beautiful. I love seeing those. I love watching people be creative. I think it's gorgeous when you can express your creativity in that way. But for those who cannot do that, do not feel bad that that's not your strength. And I think that... And I wanted to relate it really back to organization because, well, I don't necessarily think that being able to do it, to send out, you know, 65 manot in, in, you know, fast fashion is, is an organizational skill per se. It kind of is. It's about making sure you plan your, you know, the few days before Purim, the time after the fast, whatever appropriately so that you can get done what you need to get done. And the thing is, is that if you do it right, you can get it, you can get it done. But it's a question of how you feel. What time do you go to bed just by doing it? Are you yelling at your kids when it's happening? Are you including them? What's happening in the whole process? And I think that we have to look at it from a holistic point of view. And it's really a time management issue because what happens is, is we take on more than we are 
able to do sometimes. And then it almost feels like it's not worth doing it at all because doing it makes us so angry and stressed out. Like, you know, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to yell at your kid when you're trying to get something done. When if you would have just done something a little more simply, it would have been done and it would have been done faster and you could have done it with your kid and it would have been an enjoyable experience for the whole family. And I think that that's what we need to think about as we're planning in the next few months. There's a lot of things that are happening in the next few months. Purim and Pesach and cleaning and cooking and scrubbing and, you know, festive meals. And they're important and we should do them, but we should do them with joy. And if that means doing them more simply, I think that's okay. Especially if time management is a struggle for you. Uh, I think you have to recognize your strengths and weaknesses. You have to know when you can do something, if it's possible to do something, and if you're able to do something. And I always say that you have to flex your honesty muscle. <laughs> this is a time when you need to flex your honesty muscle. Look at look at the situation big adult and as a whole. Look at the situation as a whole and see what where can I trim? Where what is a must? What is a op optional? What is like a what's a bonus, <laughs> you know, and see and assess and honestly ask yourself, what can I really do? And what's extra? What's a bonus? What will make it even more special? And when I think that you can look at that over the next few weeks, I think the next few weeks will be a lot more relaxed for you if you're able to honestly assess what you can and cannot do. And here's the other thing. When you ask for help, it's important that if there is something that you want to do that you don't think you can get done by yourself, or even if you're not, even if it's not that you don't think you can do it, even if you're just a little bit unsure if you can get it done yourself, ask for help. Whether it's from a friend, whether it's from your spouse, whether it's a professional that you're hiring help from, and I don't just mean a personal organizer. I mean, you know, a cleaner or someone who can do small errands for you or lots of different things. Uh, anything. I can't, I can't think of it. Or, uh, someone who will come and clean your sofas or someone who will, um, stay with your children for a little bit. Or even if it's someone who will fold your laundry so you don't have to do it. So you can dedicate time to doing things that you really, really want to do, or that really, really are important to you. I think that that's going to be huge over the next few weeks in terms of time management, but also in terms of the joy and happiness you feel around these weeks. It is actually a mitzvah to be happy in the month of Adar. And I think that sometimes we get stressed out thinking about Pesach. And honestly, that's a shame. We shouldn't. Because I actually think Pesach is a really enjoyable holiday. Yes, there is definitely stress to it. And yes, there is definitely some difficulty to Pesach. I'm not saying it's the easiest holiday to prepare for or to actually implement. However, it's fun. <laughs> it's at a beautiful time of year. The weather is nice. You're sitting together as a family. It's just, it's just pleasant. And um, I want you to enjoy that. And I want you to feel good about the time that you're spending getting these things done. And I want you to do them with joy, even though they're sometimes difficult or onerous or 
just not fun. <laughs> you know, when you're looking at it from like, I'm going to just cross the finish line and feel good about this. And it's okay if everything is simple. It's a lot easier to feel okay with your choices. So to sum up, when we can say simplicity is sometimes beautiful, and when we can say we don't have to do everything on our own, we can ask for help, and when we can say it's okay if everything is not perfect, and when we can say we don't have to be like everybody else, we can finish what we need to get done and feel good about it and not have to feel bad that we're not doing something as well as somebody else. By the way, you don't know what the other person is struggling with. You don't know. Just because it seems like they can get out beautiful mishloche manot doesn't mean that it was actually easy for them. Doesn't mean that they weren't struggling with it. Doesn't mean anything. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know. You don't always know what's going on with the other person. So maybe doing that is just a creative outlet for them to help them escape from something that's really awful for them. You don't know. So just be glad with the situation that you have. Focus on your page in your book. Don't look at anybody else's page in anybody else's book. But feel okay with what you have and what you're doing. And I think that this is true with stuff in general. Don't look at what other people have. Feel glad about what you have. <laughs> Notice when you're using what you have, what you need, and be appreciative that you have actually what you need. That's all I have to say for now. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, if you need me, you can leave me a voicemail or send me an email at Rebecca at RebeccaFaltzman.com. Um, I would love to hear any topics you would love to discuss over the next few weeks. Although I have to say, if you head back to episodes, I believe around 50, 51, 52, 53, 54, those are all about Pesach. So you can check them out and I hope you enjoy them. For now, have a great week and happy organizing. Thanks for listening to the Journey to Organization podcast. You can find Rebecca on Twitter and Instagram at BalaGonBegon and on Pinterest as Rebecca Saltzman. Visit BalaGonBegon.com for resources and to join the mailing list to get podcast updates.